Hunters of Reddit, what did you see out there that made you not want to go back into the woods? Please like and subscribe to support us. As a law enforcement ranger for 30 seasons, I've seen some dumb shit in the woods and some scary shit. My worst was chasing down a guy who had escaped from a mental treatment facility. If he was just camping in the deep woods, I wouldn't have had an issue with him, but he was routinely stealing the gusset out of women's and girls' swimsuits left to dry on lines in the campground and Girl Scout areas. The gusset I'm told is the cotton part of a suit that touches the outer labia and skin. It's like a soft cotton cloth suing in for hygienic reasons, I was told, one of the Girl Scouts moms came running up to me as I was on patrol and told me she had seen the man run off on foot from the clotheslines, so I gave foot chase. This was in the days before our handheld radios could transmit further than back to the truck, so I had one of the older girls go make notification to my office. And like a dummy, I took off running on the horse trail where I could see fresh prints. I ran about two miles or so and found a makeshift tent and campground set up. I also found the cord and a linoleum knife and tape along with Ziploc gallon-sized bags of these gussets. Clearly, our thief was headed in a new direction. In convinced my intervention prevented an abduction. My guy came out of the woods, and I drew my service sidearm for our walk back. I had him handcuffed and in leg irons with a leash drag so I could trip him by stepping on it. I also made him sing the Star Spangled Banner as we ran to keep him out of breath if he decided to fight. When you're that far in the woods and unsure if you have help coming, you need every advantage. My backup met us on the trail, and we were able to handcuff our prisoner in the bed of the pickup for the ride to the office. I had to sit in the bed with him for the trip. He wasn't much of a chatter. The guys went back and cleaned out the site, he had been out there for a while and was definitely a bit of a time bomb. We didn't pursue anything criminal, but he was committed someplace in Ulster County NY, IIRC, at a max security psych facility till his death. I used to put money on his commissary every now and again, but I doubt he remembered me. In September this year, I was hunting antelope out near the Red Desert in Wyoming. I had just shot my antelope and was walking about 150 yards out to where he dropped so I could tag and begin field dressing the animal. I should mention I'm about 40 miles from the main road, and I had not seen another human or vehicle since I got off the main road. This area is so extremely remote it's hard to even describe. So as I'm walking out to the antelope, I look up, and about one to two miles off in the distance, I see this extremely bright light zooming over the landscape and headed my way. I thought it was probably a game warden on a side-by-side -side coming to check my paperwork and all. No big deal, I keep walking out and find the animal and look up, and this light dives down into the sagebrush, and I can no longer see it, it was about half a mile from me when it disappeared. I also notice I don't hear any engine if it is, in fact, somewhat on a motorized vehicle. I'm mostly confused at this point. Not sure what the hell this light is or where it went, but I continue on and tag the antelope, it takes me all of 10 to 15 seconds to put the tag on, then I look up, and I see the light traveling away from me now, and it's about 3 to 5 miles away from me and going at least 100 miles per hour, it was really zooming way faster than any vehicle could travel over that type of terrain. Also, there are no roads or anything where the light is traveling, so I don't know how it was going so fast. I'm pretty spooked at this point. I field dressed the animal as fast as I could and dragged it back to my truck, I just had a very uneasy feeling at this point. I have no idea what that light was, although some others have speculated it was a drone, but if it was a drone operated by the game warden, why didn't he come to check me out once I got back to my truck? Three years ago, I was hunting in Namaji State Forest in MN. If you know anything about this area, there are wetlands everywhere, swamps and sinkholes litter the land, it's like nothing I've ever seen. This land is tough and mean, and if you go in unplanned and do not mark your way out, there's a good chance no one will ever see you again. It was a foggy morning and the second week of deer opener, and I was trailing along I had my rifle across my chest with both hands on the scope and just trying to find an area where I could see more than 10 feet in front of me. The further in, I realized I was lost, and then the oh shit set in. I walked a little further ahead, trying to get my bearing, and before I knew it, I stepped forward and sunk. I'm up to my forehead in mud and sinking with my only anchor being my rifle bed and barrel that just so happened to be wider than the sinkhole I managed to get myself in. My only hope was to pull myself out, and I tried for four and a half hours screaming my lungs off for help and trying in vain to pull myself out, but every time I would pull up, my rifle would sink lower and lower, jumping up to yell and get a breath of air then submerged in mud and sludge. After five hours, I came to terms that I was not getting out, I was going to die in a sinkhole, and no one would ever find me. I just thought about my wife and mom and how much it would hurt them to never find my body and go the rest of their lives without knowing what happened to me. I thought of my two girls and how I had wasted my life on a hunting trip and that I was never going to be there for them anymore, and at that point, 
I think I probably looked like Leonardo DiCaprio from the Reverend crawling through the snow. I was cursing and praying and cursing more, using my last bit of energy to get out. I thought if I'm going to die, I'm going to make damn sure I exacerbate every fiber of my being before I entomb myself in this literal hellhole. Again no luck, and out of nowhere, this feeling of euphoria just rushed through my body. I was sad but happy at the same time and understood it was my time to go. My body was broken I was beginning to feel hypothermia set in, and out of nowhere, I felt these two pairs of hands grab mine that was still clenched to my rifle and slowly started getting pulled out of the sinkhole. A father and son had tracked a deer they shot to within 5 feet to where I sank, and to this day, that deer has made me feel like a god is out there or it was my guardian angel where its life ended I was reborn and given a second chance. And after the week in the hospital recovering from dehydration, hypothermia and the ass kicking I gave myself. I walked out of there promising myself to never take a second for granted, it's made me a better father to my children and a better man, I truly believe. I still wake up at night screaming with the rage I had, trying to pull myself up, sinking deeper and deeper covered in sweat with my heart pounding, and when I do, I go check on my now three girls, and I just think to myself how lucky I am to be alive. And lastly, I have given up hunting or even going into deep woods, maybe one day I will try again, but every time I think about it, I just start shaking, even writing this has had me in tears. On a side note, a man from the Twin Cities this last hunting season disappeared in the very same area I was hunting, look it up if you don't believe me and. Every time I would see his face on the news or in the paper, I could just imagine him in my head struggling to get out, but unfortunately for him and his family, he has still not been found. The only reason I am still here today was my rifle and how I held it across my chest. Growing up, we hunted regularly as a family, my dad, brother and I, for boar and deer. But my story actually happened when we were on a backpacking trip. In the mid-90s we went on a backpacking trip 11 miles one way, the location is Sierra Nevadas, Carson Iceberg Wilderness, Boulder Peak Area, Boulder Lake. If you Google it, it's in BFE. We were going to camp at a lake for three days, then hike out. We get about nine miles into the hike, and we come through a clearing, and there is a huge mountain of granite. It cascades away from us in large 30-foot flat slabs. We hike around it and pass by the last slab, which is like shoulder to knee height, and my dad gets startled and jumps back. My fucking uncle is naked, sunbathing on the rocks. He didn't know we were going up there. We live like 3.5 hours away, what the f? He puts his clothes on, and we have a casual conversation, then he heads down the trail, and we proceed on. My dad said initially he thought it was a carcass, lol. So weird and so random, anyhow, sorry for the story. It didn't really make me want to not go back into the woods. It was just so random. Nothing has made me not want to go back into the woods, but I have had some strange experiences and seen some disturbing stuff, mostly of human origin. I have walked into two marijuana grows and into one still site. I backed away slowly from all three. The marijuana sites were strange because it took a minute for me to realize what I was seeing. When you are picking your way through fairly thick vegetation, a plant is a plant, until it isn't. I did have an unexplained sighting of a creature about seven years ago that I'm still not sure what it was, and I'm trained in animal identification by tracks, scat and sight. When I was young, my house backed into a fairly big forest. Throughout my childhood and teens, it was not public land and untamed. When me and my friends started going back there around age 10, we would find the strangest shit. There was a full pickup truck half submerged in the river back there for years. Eventually, someone ended up pulling it out of the muck, and the bed was full of random stuff like a payphone with change inside, full-size 90 shoulder mount video equipment, bear trap, pickaxe, microwave, a box of shotgun shells and tons of other crap like that. At one point, we found a hunter's blind made out of concrete with loads of empty shells around it. I guess it never really stopped us from going back there, but in hindsight, it probably wasn't super safe. One of my experiences happened on family-owned land in North Carolina, where I used to live. I still hunt, so it never kept me from going again. We called it the noise to this day. If you ask people who live or lived adjacent to the land about it, they know exactly what you are talking about. Whatever it is was very loud and very fast. It was like a very loud primal scream. The first time I heard it, I was hunting with my dad and brother. We were stock hunting and very slowly and methodically moving through the forest. I noticed everything had gotten oddly quiet only thing you heard was the water running over the rocks in the creek. My dad stopped us and said to hold still and not to move. As soon as we stopped, it screamed behind us it was so loud it made my ears ring. My dad never showed fear and was always rational, he looked very nervous, and I'm ready to shit on myself. My brother has his gun shouldered, looking around, 
trying to spot it just to see what it is and make sure it isn't close. Then it screams again now it seems closer and in front of us. My dad puts his hand on my shoulder and just says, run for the car now. I jump up like a scared rabbit and run as fast as my legs will carry me. We are all running, and we can hear this thing screaming as we run like it's keeping pace easily. I can see the gravel road ahead and know the car is close. It lets out another scream that sounds like it's to my left now, and very close. I bolt right, and we all come sliding out onto the road about 100 yards above the car. That's when I hear this weird whistle from the woods, and then everything just goes back to normal. Birds chirping away, squirrels calling, crows cawing, we stop to catch our breath and uneasily walk to the car ready for anything. 100 yards never seemed so far away. That wasn't the last time I heard it. In fact, I have more stories that involve the noise. If anyone wants to hear about them, I will gladly share. My family tried to find it for years to figure it out when we thought we were close, it would be somewhere else. Even trained hunting dogs ran away from this thing. Weird stuff, but I still love to hunt. The way I figure if something gets me while I'm hunting, at least I'm doing something I love and being close to nature, I harvest her bounty and thank her for it. One day, my body will feed her and the animals I hunted. Climbed up a tree before daylight in a remote holler in southern Ohio. Just as it was light enough to see, shooting light we call it, I hear a rustling coming down the hill, maybe 150 yards away. Cruising toward me is what I can only describe as a Tasmanian devil-like whirl of brown and gray moving in a straight line along the ground at high speed down a sloped hill and then off a steep 15 drop off and then under my tree and then through the thickest brush imaginable behind me where the creek was, and then eventually out of sight and audible range. So I observed maybe 300 yards of travel, although lost visual in the thicket, which all occurred in a very straight line at supernatural high speed. I'm in a perch with nothing else to do but put my entire focus on it, and still, I can't figure out what it is, and as it passed under me, all I see, again, is a ghostly blur of grey and brown and leaves. The total time elapsed was less than 10 seconds. I've seen dozens of coyotes and several bobcats, and yes, that is probably what this was. But its movement was so out of the ordinary at that moment my senses computed that it couldn't have been either of those. I got tingles, and the hair stood up on the back of my neck. It's a mundane story, but the actual experience definitely felt supernatural. My buddy and I decided to do a Halloween ride up a supposedly haunted trail at night. As we were making our way back to the main road, I saw a car parked to the right side of the trail with the lights on. I thought it was kind of weird that I would see a sedan parked in a dirt road so far out in the middle of nowhere. We pull ahead of the car and stop our bikes. When we look back, there was nothing. No car. Just darkness. I could see how wide my friend's eyes were from inside his helmet. I asked him if he saw a car parked to the side, he said yes. Then I got the most uncomfortable chilly feeling, and my eyes began to water. I felt like I was going to cry, and I felt every goosebump on my skin. I remember the sound or the lack of it. No animals, no insects, I just heard the ringing in my ear. My friend told me that we had to leave, but I couldn't move, I think I was in shock or something. He told me again, and this time I heard the fear in his voice, he sounded like a little kid. We both hopped on our bikes and rode as quickly as we could back onto the main road. I do a fair amount of archery hunting when the weather permits and trap rabbits about three times a year, I release them if they're pregnant, I used to be a vet technician and just, nah, can't do it baby bunnies are cute, sue me, but I think the craziest thing that ever happened was I was following some deer tracks, had been tracking the herd for a couple of days, not planning on bagging one I just like to observe. So I'm hauling around a tree stand and my tent and bare essentials. Before my pup got cancer, I would bring her but she's in chemo, so it was a solo trip. I generally let her tell me when I wasn't noticing something, but without her, it got fairly creepy pretty quick. I notice I'm losing the light and rub my face in frustration. And am suddenly waking up. I was just. Laying down. With my tent and everything all set up. Firewood under me, ouch, and a rip in my jacket, nothing else to show for it except that it was way darker than before. I check my watch. I've got roughly 3 hours to sunrise. When slash who set up my tent? They did it differently than I normally do, okay, it's kinda just oilcloth and rope, I travel light, but it wasn't in my usual formation. The zippers on my pack were all open, I was grasping my, sheathed, field blade in my left hand, I'm right-handed? To this day, it unsettles me. One winter, when I was homeless in college, I had a mouse crawl into my tarp hideout, it was pouring down buckets. It practically swam to get under the tarp and it just sat there gasping and shivering. I gave it a cracker and it sat with me. I eventually fell asleep for a few hours. 
When I woke, it was gone, but a little pile of grass and a twig with a berry on it, poisonous, unfortunately, was where the mouse had been. Kinda always thought of it as a thank you. When I was younger, my dad told me this story from a hunting trip he went on in the Appalachian Mountains. He spent the majority of the day without seeing a thing and was ready to pack it up and leave when a white-tailed deer showed up. He shot it, but it ran away, and he had to track it down. About half an hour later, he came across the downed animal after following a very distinct blood trail. Shortly after he began field dressing the deer, a group of four armed men in regular clothing walking through the forest approached him. He always describes them as mountain men when he tells the story. Anyways, one of the men told my dad that the deer was their kill and that he should leave. My dad, never one for confrontation, argued that he had just shot it and that he followed the blood trail all the way to the deer. At this point, the men unslung their rifles and pointed them at my dad, telling him that these are their mountains and that they'll be taking the deer. They made claims that people have hunting accidents all the time and how unfortunate it would be for him to have one. He left and called the police, which resulted in the responding officer telling my dad that there was nothing they could do about it because they don't want to have a fight on their hands with the locals. East Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen. At my property, we built an outhouse that I regularly shit in when camping, hunting, etc. and have no qualms shitting it under normal circumstances. Now, on Memorial Day, my friends, family, and I all camp out at the property for the weekend and on the second to last day, have a huge bonfire, talking like 40 plus foot flames, in the main field, drink some beers, sing some songs and pretty much just have a good time. One such bonfire I scurried off down the half mile trail back to camp where the outhouse is to do my business. Mid dump, I hear frantic scurrying and a hissing noise underneath me. I stand right the fuck up, spin around and come face to face with a raccoon in the bottom of the shitter, that I had presumably just shat on. I noped out of there, pulled up my pants and then all out booked it back to the fire to recount the turn of events I had just endured. I haven't told this to anyone but my brother because he knows where this place is. There are remote cypress swamps along the Pearl River in central Mississippi, and some of them become inaccessible due to flooding during hunting season. The remoteness of some of these places create ideal situations for a hunter willing to put in the extra effort, and I have hunted these woods and swamps for years and know them well. Even though it's a bad idea, when I was younger, I was confident enough to hunt back in there alone. One afternoon during duck season, a front was coming in, and I knew if I could get to Deal Island, that it would be a good day. I put on my chest waders and rode my four-wheeler down an overgrown logging trail in the swamp to the edge of the flood. I waited a couple of sloughs and got to a particular honey hole where I could slay them. I did, and it was good. But when it came time to wade back out, I got a sense of unease that I could not explain. The weather was odd because even though the temp was dropping and a front was expected, everything was absolutely still and quiet. If you have ever been alone in a swamp at night, you will know what I mean, but everything is different when you can only see what's in the cone of light from your flashlight. I wasn't worried because my light was good and, hell, I was carrying a 12-gauge shotgun. But still, something kept making the hair stand up on the back of my neck. I was being watched, and I could feel it, sound carries funny in the swamp, but the sloshing noises I was making was the only thing I could hear. It was echoing back to me in funny ways, and when I stopped to adjust the strap on the bag of decoys, the sloshing echo did not stop when it should have. Okay. There is something else in the swamp. No big deal. Some deer or hog will realize I am human in a minute and move away. Except it didn't. I would move for a bit and then stop and listen. The sound of something else out there would also stop, but it was getting closer, not normal. The cone of my flashlight made the trees and tangled brush cast long, scraggly shadows that moved with me as I tried to hurry out of the swamp. My knuckles were turning white on that Remington 870, and I was wishing it was loaded with something heftier than number 2 steel shot. I noticed a very bad smell, like skunk except much worse, and stopped again to listen and shine my light around. I noticed how the shadows continued to move, but holy fucking crap, I'm not moving. Why are the goddamn shadows moving? A limb snapped, and when I spun around to face it, something that was not there made a soft hissing noise. The beam of my light just, ended in a shape of nothingness that was not there. A breath of stench hit my face, and I heard that hissing sound again, and I got the fuck out of that swamp. I was shaking and drenched in sweat when I got back to the truck, and those woods did not feel like my woods anymore. When I say it was something that was not there, that is the only way I can describe it. My light hit it, and there was a shadow behind it, but there was nothing there. Something in that swamp scared the crap out of me, and I do not want to know what it was. I grew up on the New Mexico Reservation. I'm white, my stepfather is Navajo. Anyway, it's a really rocky desert, mountain-like area. Like the Grand Canyon, 
but smaller dot no white people go out there. The Navajos back then really hated white people. You can walk all day and never see anyone. I was on my horse hunting and came to this circle like depression in the sandstone and sand like someone made it a long time ago. There was no sound from animals around it, no lizards on the rocks, no bugs. It was scaring the crap out of my horse. He was screaming, jumping, kicking, and I couldn't get him to calm down. So I got him away from there and tied him up to a pinion tree in sight. I went to check it out with a weapon, of course. It was just a big circle about a foot deep, and it looked like something was built there but very, very long ago. I came back with friends and their horses and dogs. The horses did the same thing, and the dogs just stayed on top of the hill whining. No one had any idea what it was, but when we told our parents, we were told to stay away from it. The only thing I could find out was that the Navajos and other Indians would put people and children who could not contribute to the tribe in a pit like a circle to die from the elements. A long time ago, if you were crippled or mentally challenged and couldn't hunt or farm, no one was going to support you or take care of you. In the 70s and 80s growing up, I had hours of chores every day even though I was going to school too. Exploring out there was amazing. I've seen things that no one would believe. So a few years ago, I went camping with my dad about a quarter mile off the trail. As we were cooking food, a baby bear wandered into the small clearing. We were a bit freaked out, but it was probably more scared of us, so it wandered away. Important later. We left at the campsite to hike a bit, and when it started to get dark, we traveled back to our campsite. We realized we hadn't marked it in any way and spent a while looking for it. We heard some growling, like really loud, and we freaked. We started to walk on the trail back to the car with my dad holding our only flashlight. We hear a growl closer this time. Not super close, but close enough, we started to run. By then, it was pitch black other than the flashlight. As I ran, I heard my dad drop the flashlight. He found it, but only one of the batteries was still in it. I was thinking this definitely felt like a basic horror plot. We ran pretty fast the few miles back to the car and drove home. We came back the next day and searched all day, couldn't find it. We came back the next weekend still couldn't find it. The next weekend my dad went by himself and found it. He brought the stuff home. The tent had claw marks through it, and all the food that we hadn't yet hung in a tree was eaten. When I was 15, I was hunting in the Colorado Rockies for elk. We were about 12 to 15 miles up a mountain, no cell service, nothing. I had been up there two times before this incident took place. I was out with my uncle when we heard a woman scream, curious and a little frightened, we decided to head to check it out. We were hiking over a ridge for about 10 minutes when we saw bloody clothing, a t-shirt and shorts, nothing else, no footprints or anything to indicate where the scream had gone. We hightailed it back to camp and began to pack up it being our last two days. We packed out the next day and went to the ranger service gave them the location of the scene, and that was it, they asked a few questions and said they would follow up with us. We never heard anything. I was camping on a reservation and walked up to the lake from the campground. It was a 20 minute walk to the lake. To the left, there was a destroyed and decaying elevated wooden path through a dead swamp and to the right, the pipe from the water station at the lake. When we got to the lake, all the animal noises had stopped. The lake was tan and stained and pitch black. The trees were all burned or dead, and the dock was floating, not attached to anything. We went on the dock, and while I stayed on the dock, the other two went and took the shitty one or rowboat out into the water. Whole time absolute silence and my gut screaming danger. It took them a while to paddle back to the dock, but they were freaking out too. So we hightailed it out of there, and once we were halfway back, we left the silence and immediately heard birds. I took a few steps back, and it was basically silence. Few steps forward and birds, not exactly an encounter, but creepy nonetheless. There are Bigfoot sightings and reports around the time I was there, though, so who knows. I went quail hunter about 10 years ago with my stepdad and his friend. It was kind of in the middle of nowhere next to the Colorado River on the California side. We thought we were alone and one night we hear this girl screaming in the distance. It startled us, so we grabbed our shotguns and walked toward this screaming. We rolled up on this camp about a quarter of a mile away, and it is this guy, and we presumed his girlfriend. She is visibly distraught. He about shit his pants when three guys roll up with shotguns. He asked if everyone was okay and she just was looking at the ground and said she was fine and they were just having an argument. The next morning we wake up at like 4am to start the day's hunt, and we walk past their camp to check on them again, and they were gone. We never heard them leave. I hope that girl is okay. I grew up in Alaska. Just on the bubble of civilization. Sort of. Up there, even in the big cities, you'll get bears and moose and such. 
I was walking home from the bus stop. Our driveway was about a half mile long through woods. I heard noise to my right and stopped, hoping it was anything other than the one animal that scares me. And then it stepped out of the trees. I froze. My blood felt cold and stopped in my veins. A moose, the full-grown female, was standing maybe 20 feet from me in the middle of the road. It stopped, and turned to look at me. I was scared with no backup plan. What can a 12 or so year old do against a full-grown moose? Then. It happened. I heard another noise behind me. I truly thought I was dead. I thought my life was now over, I'm about to be between a mama and a baby moose, and I'm going to die. I remember feeling frozen, and not at all tranquil and at peace. I couldn't even scream. From the edge of my eyesight, I saw the second moose emerge from the thick stand of alder trees and disappear behind me. I could hear the steps on the soft dirt. My eyes locked onto the moose in front of me, trying to will it to stay calm. I stopped breathing, and then felt it. A gentle whoosh of warm air down the back of my neck, followed by the unmistakable sound of a forced inhale. The moose behind me was sniffing my head. I could feel the breath, hear the nostrils flare. Some neighbors had dogs, off through the woods a ways, and they must have gotten out of their yard. They started barking inside the trees and startled both moose that turned and ran back the way they came, crashing into the small trees and leaving. To this day, the only animal I'm afraid of is moose. I've been fishing with brown bears, had black bears say hi as they walked by my camp. Mountain lions stalk us and then leave. Doesn't rattle me, until I see a cow moose alone, and then I just hope to whatever is higher than me, that I'm not between her and her cub. Well, there was an incident which taught me to regularly make what is called a J-turn to watch slash check by back trail. I was scouting a distant group of hills along an inaccessible river, no docks for miles. There were past rumors of mountain lions being back in there, though all the eastern breeds are supposedly not existence anymore. There had been light snow before dawn, but it didn't hinder me from walking way back, and cresting the highest hilltop where I could see the big bend of the river. For whatever reason, I decided to circle the tippy top of this hill before going back down, where I could then pick up my old trail where I walked inwards. When I completed my circling, I came back down but immediately but stopped dead. There were a second set of prints right next to my steps, big paw prints. As I sat watching that river, there was a fucking big cat sitting somewhere, watching me. Now, heading back down, I had lost the high ground, and the pursuit position was now in his favor. I made J-turns every 300 yards on the way back. I make J-turns on the way in, and out of every area I hunt if it is in a remote location. And yes, I seen dogs, deer, and even men following my paths before. Not hunting, but camping in the mountains about 10 years ago or so. I went camping with my girlfriend and my ex-girlfriend, I know, weird, but we were all friends. We were all sleeping in the tent, and I'm suddenly awakened by a huge noise right outside the tent. I immediately freeze in a total panic because I can just tell that it is something huge and not good. Now, in the forest, sometimes a tiny squirrel can sound like a damn mountain lion with how much noise some animals can make, but this was big. I could hear the thuds of the footsteps and branches breaking around the tent. I held my breath in panic, because one of our dumbasses had brought beef jerky into the tent. I didn't want to move or breathe, it was so close I didn't want it to hear me. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, it wandered off, and I took a deep breath and just cuddled the shit out of my girlfriend. A week later, a boy was dragged out of his tent in the same area and eaten by a bear. I know in my gut what I heard that night was that bear, and to this day, I get uneasy camping, and I sure as hell don't allow food or even smelly clothes in the tent. Brother and I realized we were the ones being hunted once. Overwhelming sense of foreboding and beyond silence, no bird song or insects chirping. Nothing was there except this presence, above and oddly behind us, the whole time we were out. Light started to fade, and we hadn't seen a thing, plus we're edgy as fuck by now. So we turned in, stopping to glass a dam on the way back and check for animal sign. Lots of deer wallows and tree scratchings, shitloads of tracks in the mud by the dam. The owner asked us to find proof if he had feral pigs on the property or not. Anyway, cut it short, found the biggest feline footprints we have ever seen, about the size of my fist, less the claws, surrounding the dam. We were in its kitchen, and it was not happy. We were also in Australia, where there are no big cats. I hunt in camp, and I'm not afraid of the woods. I still go solo backpacking. Back when I was in my early 20s, I went camping slash hunting by myself in northern Georgia, near a town called Hiawassee. The camp was a mile or two down a sketchy dirt road, and I hiked up a mountain to a spot I liked to hunt another half mile or so. Anyway, it started to get dark, and it started to snow, and I didn't see any deer, so I gathered my gear and decided to head back to camp. 
when I got up and turned around, I was about 15 yards away from the biggest black bear I've ever seen. We locked eyes, and I froze. Easily a 500 pounds or more bear. All I had was my 12 gauge slugger. Thankfully the bear turned and ran away. I slept in my car that night as I was alone out there. And for a while, I was afraid of camping alone that deep in the woods. A wildlife biologist. I do a lot of work in Northern Cali and Oregon, and during the summer, I work nights. I'm female and do most of the work solo. Last summer, I was hiking in deep woods in Northern Cali, about an hour and a half from my truck with no cell service. Around 1.30 AM, I had finished up surveys and was heading back when I suddenly smelled something odd. I continued up the steep hill, and as I came over the top, I was suddenly on the edge of a large camp. The area was cleared, and I could see several tents and UTVs, and trash everywhere. That weird smell? It was a porta potty, I could also see a fire pit with several figures sitting around it. I stopped dead, immediately dropped to the ground and scrambled behind a tree. I was close enough to hear some mumbled conversation and occasional loud laughter. The only reason there would be a camp that far into the wilderness would be to grow weed illegally. These people can be very violent, and many people involved in the industry go missing every year. Women especially can be swept into sex trafficking, never to be seen again. I got out my spot device, GPS locator and satellite messaging, and sent my location and situation to my supervisor. I crawled as quietly as possible back down the hill before retracing my steps to take a long way around. My adrenaline ran high until I got to the safety of my truck, and I crashed hard and cried on the phone to my supervisor. That was one of the more terrifying moments in my career. I've had several encounters alone with large predators, but nothing is scarier than encountering a group of strangers alone in the deep woods. Angler here. One night while at my favorite fishing spot, my friend and I heard a noise. Now, this sounded like some rustling about 10 or 3 meters away in some bushes. Now my friend called it off as just a rabbit, but I insisted on listening. Now that was no rabbit but instead steps. Well, in the region I'm from, we have quite a lot of coyotes. So we pass it off as a mangy curious beast catching a glimpse of our fire. So to progress the night and feel easy, we began to make noise and toss sticks and rocks to the bush. After a lengthy sit by the fire and a few more pops, we headed home, leaving a few belongings behind. Well, when we returned the next day to retrieve our left belongings, we noticed two sets of tracks. One large, one small. These, my friends, belong to cats. Oh yes, one mighty big cat and her cub. The feeling I had in my stomach was not due to the beverages from the night before but the feeling of cheating death. I was out hunting, and I christened Mimasin with its first deer, so I was feeling good. Once the deer was dressed, I threw it in the back of my truck because we butcher out at our farm. I sat down in my house and had a beer when I started hearing all these shrill voices outside, and I figured it was right near my truck, so I tactically shit my pants, grabbed my nugget and went outside expecting a battle, only to find a bunch of 10-year-old girls outside my truck looking in the bed. What? I found out that the neighbor's kids were having a slumber party, and my mom, for some reason, called my neighbor and told them I had a deer in my truck, so they all came to behold the spectacle, I guess. Spent a week with a Shuar family in the Amazon about 15 miles from Chon, Ecuador. A little background, three of us gringo medical-slash-pre-medical students were staying with them on a medical education rotation, learning about traditional remedies. It was a blast. We stayed in a separate shelter from the family, and the walls of our shelter was decorated with giant snake skins and tigris skins those beasts that had wandered too close to camp over the years. The jungle is a loud place to sleep. Millions of animals and insects clamor all night long, and it blends into a sort of peaceful cacophony. After the gunshot rang out at 3 a.m., the cacophony was gone. Absolute silence. It was the scariest sound I had ever heard. We clung to my two inches knife, telling ourselves that it would protect us from whatever was coming. We cowered across from the entrance to our shelter, awaiting what was to come. Certain a tiger was lurking, or that our lovely hosts had decided they were sick of us. We sat and shivered through the night. The silence was terrifying. When the sun rose, and we finally felt confident enough to venture outside. It turned out an unlucky capybara wandered through the camp during the night. Poor little bugger got shot in the face at 3 a.m. and was the first meat we had eaten all week by 7 a.m. Tasted like greasy venison. I'll never forget that night, or that lovely family. I live off the base of Pikes Peak in Colorado Springs, and during the spring and summer, I spend a lot of time in the mountains. By far, the scariest thing that has ever happened to me in those mountains was an hour-long lightning storm that ended up putting me, and two of my buddies in quite a bit of danger. Five of us came up together in a Jeep Wrangler and a Hummer, and while on our way, 
We got a phone call from someone saying they would meet us. Great. Directions to the spot are given as well as directions to a go-to spot that was very easy to find off a main road before it got woody in case they could not find our camping spot. After a certain amount of time would pass, one of us would leave for the go-to spot and guide the third car back. This is sometimes how we go about things to plan around loss of cell service. Well, enough time passed for two of us, not me, to hop in the Hummer and go find our other friend. This left three of us to hang out. No problem. Until the storm hit. If you've never been on the front range of Colorado during hail season, then you wouldn't understand how quickly a very devastating storm can form, and oddly enough, break up and calm. Seemingly out of nowhere, a light drizzle, which quickly turned to heavy rain, and then marble-sized hail. Just as quickly as this storm hit us, we realized our biggest problem. The Jeep only has two seats and is filled with camping supplies, a very nice telescope and other odds and ends. There was no room for three people. Period. It was unspoken that we would not leave someone outside in the hail, nor would just one of us go into the Jeep. We were in this. Getting obliterated by rain and annoyed but some decent hail, the electricity started flying. We were in a canyon, so thunder was rolling and echoing and sounding as if Zeus had just found out. I just gave Calliope a poke and never returned her call. The noise was terrifying. We found a blue tarp in the back of the Jeep and was able to tie it to a few trees to ATLE's shelter us from the rain, but it was one particular bolt of lightning that changed my respect for the power of the Rockies. About 50 feet from where we were huddled was a fence that outlined the property of a very large ranch. You couldn't see the ranch by any means, but the fence was clear as day, as well as a large pillar that stuck from the ground with a sign that said warning, trespassers may be shot or something similar bolted to it. While we were waiting for the storm to pass, and all the while among dozens of very loud and bright clashes of thunder and lightning, a massive bolt bends around the mountain, of which base we were up against, and strikes onto this post, absolutely frying it. It was as if the bolt clung to the post for a solid two or three long seconds. Needless to say, we were horrified because this was considerably less than 100 feet away, and this bolt was huge. The most disturbing part of it, was for about 10 seconds after the bolt had gone away, that trespassing sign was glowing molten red and vibrated so loud that we could hear it over the rest of the storm. Our friends in the Hummer returned perhaps 45 minutes after this, and by then, the sky was clear, and it was 75 degrees again. My property is pretty old. We bought it from an old couple who gave up on it after a tornado destroyed the silos, barns, and a couple of sheds. We've spent years fixing it back up, but only one of the barns got rebuilt, the other is still collapsed. The shed is worn down, and the door is blown out, which makes it always scary walking by a dark shed with an empty opening. The silo fell over and is next to the shed, which is across from the two barns. All of this was on my walk to a deer stand in the furthest field in the back of my property. I was a freshman in college at the time and hunted until it went dark, I left the stand and started quietly walking back. I always had an eerie feeling walking by the torn down barns, but at night, it's always way worse. I forgot to mention there's an old well with a concrete slab on top of it, but the concrete siding had a hole. Always gave me the chills. As I was walking by the well and barns with everything super quiet, I all of a sudden jolted my eyes to the fence along the field by the shed. I had heard a chain whipping sound and faint, giddy laughter. When I looked up, I saw two men in prison gang garments, white and black striped suits, quickly galloping away from me, thank God, alongside the fence. Both were laughing and had chains on their hands and feet. I quickly fell to the ground and loaded my rifle in terror. I looked through my scope, where I saw them running alongside last. It was the biggest field on our property, so they had another 100 yards to go alongside the fence before they hit the woods, but they were gone. I laid there searching for 10 long minutes before chalking it up to being sleep deprived from the morning hunt. I've never had experienced something so real, but I must have imagined it. So, this was the most terrifying moment of my life. Not hunting, but hiking. A few years ago, I was traveling in northern India with my girlfriend at the time. Being young and stupid, we decided to hike up a nearby mountain without really doing any research on the area or how long it would take. It was an amazing hike. We met locals along the way, who gave us chai tea, climbed up through thick misty cloud forest, and were even joined by a friendly stray dog who traveled with us until we reached the top, which was like a kind of grassy plateau. There were a few other tourists spaced out in tents, some other cute stray dogs, classic India, and a local guy who was serving food. Now, thank fuck for this local guy, because we didn't have a tent and it was dark, we foolishly thought we could hike back in the same day. Anyway, we borrow this guy's spare tent, it was a one-person tent, so super tight for two, and make camp 30 meters away from everyone to have privacy. We were asleep for maybe an hour, 
Then suddenly awoke to this really low, deep, growl, right at my face. It was a stray dog outside the tent. Then more growls, at our feet, we were surrounded by these strays that only hours before we were playing with happily. Every single noise or slight movement we made in this tiny fucking tent would be met with deafening barking, more growling, and you could see faint shadows through the fabric. Some of the dogs were even leaning against the tent, testing it. I punched a few through the fabric to scare them, but nothing worked. We ended up not saying a word. My GF was crying silently, holding our breath for fear of provoking them, and staying perfectly still the whole night. It was fucking terrifying, we knew we would be killed by them. When the sun came up, we couldn't hear anything. After listening for ages, I manned up and took a peek outside the tent, no dogs to be seen. I crawled out on my hands and knees and suddenly, a dog came running up to my face and started licking me. It was friendly as it was yesterday. I walked up to the local guy who gave us the tent to tell him what a fuck night we had, and these dogs are crazy. He goes, and I'll never forget his face, oh, they were protecting you. There are snow leopards, and sloth bears up here that have been known to kill locals every now and then. I went back to the tent sure enough, there amongst the dog paw prints were what looked like something much bigger. By far the most scared I've ever been in my life. So not really a spooky story but a stupid hunting story. My father, when he was in his late teens, used to hunt deer in New Zealand, this would have been the late 60s, early 70s. He was out with some friends hunting in thick bush at night, using a spotlight connected to a battery that they would carry in a backpack. My father saw the shine of deer eyes in the dark, a very easy shot. A direct and clean shot. On approaching the kill, a few things stood out to him as slightly unusual, firstly was the horse he had killed. Secondly were the two terrified Maori guys who leapt from their tent next to the dead horse, understandably scared for their lives. I think he had to pay them enough to buy a couple of horses to clear the matter up. Also, he only ever hunted during daylight after that. Hunted near Feline Rescue Center and bow hunting one day I saw a jaguar walking through the woods. It had escaped from the makeshift zoo this guy was running out of his house. I told him his cat was out in the woods. He denies it and said that it was still in the fence although he had a quarter of beef hanging on the outside of his fence trying to get it to come back. It was out for several weeks and other people in the area saw it as well. It was even a story in the local paper. Finally he got it back into his fenced area. He has about 100 cats. Lions, leopards jags. He takes them in from closed zoos, circus and anybody that had a cat as a pet and wants to get rid of it. You can Google it. Feline Rescue Center Center Point Indiana. I never tell this story because of how absolutely fake it sounds, but one time scared the heck out of me as a kid. I'm not a hunter, but when I was around 14 or 15, I went with my cousin and brother to go check out some land my cousin's friend's family bought to fish on. The land was a good few acres and located right next to their, very large, suburban neighborhood in Georgia. All you had to do was pull onto a curb in the neighborhood and take a small dirt path across a lake. And after a small turn, the path ran about a mile in a straight line down the middle of the property to a larger lake. When we went, we took a golf cart since nobody wanted to walk and pulled onto the property. After taking the small left turn onto the main path, we all just froze. Walking towards us, at the opposite end of the path, there was a man with a jacket and ski mask on. We all saw him. He wasn't holding anything, he wasn't running, and he wasn't speaking. We stopped the golf cart, but we couldn't turn around on the path since it was so thin and there was foliage to both sides of us. The person was still at least half a mile down the path, just walking, but we were all still terrified. Also it didn't help that the oldest in our group was 16 and the driver was 12. Despite being young, however, my cousin put the golf cart into reverse, which makes the loudest high-pitch whine ever, and reversed the entire quarter-mile pedal to the metal, which is still pathetically slow in an electric golf cart. When we told his parents, all of the adults came out with us and looked all over, as well as set up two plot watchers they had to see if they spotted anything. There was nothing on the cameras and they have still never seen anyone in those woods since then despite hunting there all the time. When I was about 19 I went duck hunting in flooded hardwood timber along the Wisconsin River. It was November at the time and it was about 15F, 10C, out. Most of the local lakes had frozen over so ducks were thick along this section of the river. I had a 12-foot boat and a 10-horse motor, which was perfect for getting around between the tree trunks, but I parked the boat in the trees and set my decoys out in a little clearing. The water amongst the trees is about 2 feet deep and it deepens to about 3 feet or so in the clearings. I'd finished setting up my decoys this morning at about 5 am. It was split pea soup foggy and leaves were being blown across the water. I was standing about thigh deep in the water on the edge of the trees. Now bear in mind that it's dark. 
My eyes were adjusted enough that I could see faint outlines and that's about it. Suddenly about 45 minutes before dawn I noticed some large ripples in the water around my decoy spread. I got excited thinking that a duck I hadn't noticed had swum into my spread. However the ripples started getting more agitated and suddenly started heading towards me very quickly. I started backing up as quickly as I could and trying to get my gun off my shoulder strap. I hit a log and sit down on it hard, almost going over backwards. The ripples suddenly turn into a splash and suddenly a huge ass otter has his front paws on my knees. His face about three inches from my own. He hisses at me and I thought I was about to get mauled. After what felt like an eternity of him staring me down he slips off me and circles the log a few times before joining what I could now see were four other otters about 20 feet away looking at this ordeal. After this fantastic occurrence I sat on the log for about 20 minutes before pulling myself together and wading back to my hunting spot at the edge of the clearing. Went hunting with my cousins in Michigan once long time ago when I was 13. They lived there and went hunting quite often. My only vision of hunting was what I'd seen in PG-13 movies in the game Duck Hunt. We saw a deer and they told me to go ahead and take the shot. I did and hit him quite good. Or so I thought. When we got closer we saw that I hit him in the lower back. There was a lot of blood and he was in a lot of pain for the few seconds before my cousins put him down. Looked nothing like it did in the movies and that image stuck with me forever. It's not like I'm a vegetarian now or anything, but just seeing that was quite surreal and makes you take a hard long thought about animals and the pain they endure because of humans not through hunting but through farming and whatnot. We have around 200 acres of woodland. Me and my dad live on the front end of the property and on the back side of the property we have a rustic hunting cabin. No water or electricity. The back end of our property also sits on the edge of a state forest. You have to travel something like 12 miles before you reach any kind of road or trail. Several years back during deer hunting season my dad and I were sitting around the campfire back at our hunting cabin. It was near dusk and we were done hunting for the day just relaxing. We both saw something moving in the sky that caught our attention. A larger purple shape about the size of a small car was floating along just above the tree line. It was moving rather quickly. It came from the direction of the front end of our property, came towards us, went above our heads and continued back toward the state forest until it disappeared from sight. If I had to guess I would say it was moving about 15 miles per hour. It didn't look like a cloud but it didn't look quite solid either. We both saw it happen and just kind of remained silent for a minute and then confirmed that we both saw it. Neither of us had any good guesses as to what it could have been. Only thing I can come up with is swamp gas. But that's not a good explanation I don't think. That's my strange hunting story. It hasn't been enough to keep me out of the woods but creepy all the same. Several years ago, shortly after I'd gotten into long distance cycling, I decided to ride from Seattle out to Iron Horse Park for an overnight camping trip. I'm poodling along the gravel path through forest on a day unusually damp, gray and rainy for August, and get the creepiest, most unsettling feeling. I pick up my pace, looking carefully around at the impenetrable Pacific Northwest forest on either side, convinced I'm being stalked. If you've ever experienced these endless, dark forests of Douglas fir, Sitka spruce, ferns and moss, you know how dark, damp and unsettling they can be. Luckily, the feeling passed after a bit and I finished the rest of the adventure without issue. Got back that weekend and decided to look up via Google Maps just how deep in the woods I was when I got that horrible feeling, and discovered to my embarrassment it was a thin band of trees on either side of the trail, just deep enough to block my views of massive cow pastures on either side. I was turkey hunting, fall gobbler I think if I recall correctly, anyway. I was walking to my spot in my orange and had just started to tuck it away, for non-hunters, turkey can see color. So the regulation states that hunters need to wear 250 square inches of orange while moving, but you can take it off and just wear regular camo when you get to your spot. In my MNGMT zone you just need to put some orange somewhere within 15-ish foot of you to let other hunters know you are in the area and to be vigilant, anyway. I just finish up stowing my orange away and sit down and start using my call. I eventually hear something coming from a ways away and it's calling back to me, another hen, boy turkey gobble, Girl turkey make a squeaky chucking noise like yurk yurk yurk. As the sound gets closer I start to think that it sounds too big to be a turkey, maybe it's a small flock? I go to call again, and a shot goes off far too close to me and I shit bricks. I had not seen anyone come in, nor had I seen any orange hanging in a tree to signify someone else was hunting there so I thought I was pretty isolated. Another shot goes off closer and the chucking call starts back up. Now I'm certain of two things, one, there is no turkey, they would have scattered if nearby because of the shots. 2. 
I have an idiot out here trying to stalk me thinking I'm a turkey and he's following my calls and shooting blind or seeing me move and assuming I'm a bird. Either way I'm shitting bricks. I decide to yell out ho but. I'm not a bird quit shooting and another shot goes off. I'm terrified to so much as wiggle a finger at this point because I can't see this guy, but I know he's shooting in my direction and trigger happy. I'm sitting there hollering that I'm a human and contemplating the idea of moving to grab my orange and wave it to signify to this guy that he's shooting at a person when a third shot goes off and I actually hear the fucking BBs hitting shit near me. I hit the deck and laid flat for like 2 hours, absolutely shitting myself until I was sure they were gone. For any non-hunters out there, this is a known issue within turkey hunting, because you need to remove your visibility orange, and because you are calling as an attractant, some assholes will attempt to stalk what they think is a turkey, and end up stalking another hunter, and in their idiot fervor, they shoot at the first thing that moves, say another hunter itching their nose, a good number of people had died that way and it made me swear off turkey hunting. I've got something pretty freaky. Last summer in Alaska, a buddy of mine was on a fly fishing trip. He is one of my good friends, very honest, big conservationist, and sort of innocent in his demeanor. He wouldn't hurt a fly. Just an all-around great guy. Anyway, he is camping in the backcountry as he is rafting his way down the river back to town. On his raft, and camping with him, were two girls, and one other guy. So one night on this trip they are camping and hanging out at the fire and pretty close to going to sleep, so they are working on putting the fire out. At this point, everyone at camp saw the silhouette of a stocky man and a dog. From what my friend says, this man starts mumbling at them, and they can't tell what he's saying. He is about 20 feet away from my buddy and his campmates. My friend and the other guy go to confront him. He seemed like he was in a panic, and my friend said there was definitely something wrong with him mentally. He starts talking about how he is a messenger from God and how he had the solution. No one knew what he was talking about. He ends up walking his way back to the campsite, to the dismay of the group. The girls are obviously freaked out and scared and told my friend he needed to leave, something about him just felt wrong and troublesome. My friend said his dog was nice, but again, this stranger starts talking about how he is a disciple from God. Then, he pulled out a gaming laptop and started showing my friend some code he wrote, but didn't pay too much attention to. He mentioned, to me that the stranger isn't aggressive, just off-putting. It's worth noting, he only had a small backpack and no serious outdoor gear. He told my friend that he wanders the woods and occasionally heads into town. So eventually, they convince him to leave camp, telling the stranger they were going to bed. He agrees to leave. But three hours later they hear something outside the tent that sounds like a man yelling yo woo and they come outside to find the campfire roaring again. The whole group stayed up the rest of the night with their bear spray and continued the camping trip downstream the next morning. Every time my friend has told me this story he is visibly disturbed. My friend still wonders what he was doing out there with only a dog, no gear and miles into the woods. Whack. Several stories, none of which happened while hunting though. Would dearly have loved to have been armed each time. Walked into a pot growing operation outside Santa Cruz, California. Took a minute to figure out why there was black tubing running everywhere. Got TF out of there in a hurry. Close encounter with a bear in Colorado. I was visiting and not used to the elevation. If I had had to run, I would have been the easiest meal that bear ever had. Stumbled into an abandoned homeless camp in a pretty suburban part of VA. Except that his wasn't abandoned after all. Saw seven or eight guys standing back in the woods staring at me. Backed up the way I came in. None of them ever moved. No one said a word. Weird thing is that they were all dressed exactly alike. Brown jackets, green pants. There's one encounter that really stands out though. I was day hiking the ridges above Raton, New Mexico. I'd been out quite a while when I came across a well-picked over deer carcass. There weren't any fresh tracks around it, but that's a real clear indication that I'm on some large predator's home turf. Time to go. As I'm climbing down off the ridge, not the way I came up, I see a flat area with an odd round stone formation. Think Stonehenge but the rocks aren't squared off. Each of rocks are all taller than I am, and formed a darn near perfect circle. I'm a little creeped out but I step in for a closer look. The second I cross through the rocks it was like an electric shock. Immediate goosebumps, the hair on my neck is standing up, and every nerve in my body is screaming at me to be somewhere else right now. I scrambled down the rest of that ridge way out of control. I was lucky not to hurt myself cause at some points I was just jumping without looking where I was going to put my feet. I did not look back once, 20 years on, I still cannot explain my reaction. I'm not given to extreme flights of fancy. I'm not afraid of things that go bump in the night. I'm not a religious person and I don't believe in evil with a capital E but I did that day. Something horrific happened there once. 
and it will happen again. Near where I go to school there's a massive state park that is rumored to have an old Air Force research facility in the back corner of it. The front part is visited frequently by hikers, hunters and whatnot. But if you wander into the back of it far enough you find some really creepy stuff from meth heads to cults to estranged citizens. A couple of good ones come to mind. The ROTC program used to do field training out there once a semester and part of it is a land navigation course. That pretty much consisted of the cadets out in the woods by themselves for around 5 to 6 hours navigating the land. I've heard from multiple people they'll be walking to their next point or take a break on a tree and find human skeletons or bones. Another one that happened to me when some friends and I were hunting slash exploring one weekend. We were wandering through woods when we came up to a clearing. In the clearing is this old rundown and almost abandoned church. We didn't really think anything of it at first but we noticed that there were things off with it. First the cross on the steeple was upside down. Then we noticed there were no windows on the building itself at all. We were about to come out of the clearing to have a look around when the door opened to it and a man in black robes came out for a minute and then went back inside. That's when we booked it out of there. I have tons of stories of that national park. I hate going there every time we go but the stories that come out of it are something else. Airsoft with my friends in the woods. Still scary enough though. I was in 7th or 8th grade when me and about 15 of my friends and acquaintances went into the woods by the highway. To ensure no one saw that there were kids with airsoft guns and camo shooting each other, we trekked deep into the woods. No highway car could be heard so we knew it was far enough. We eventually came across this old single-roomed house. The windows were boarded up with wood, the door had about 5 padlocks, and the pull-out back was green with algae. Grass overgrew any remnants of a driveway through the dense forest. Peeking through the wood boards found broken furniture and the floor caked in dirt. The guy who organized the hangout lived nearby and assured us all that the owners hadn't been at the house for 10 years, they were old and presumed dead. With no concerns, we finally played airsoft for a couple hours. Needing a break, we all rendezvoused back at the house. As we approached we could hear the faint sound of an engine. Nobody could even tell a car was approaching at first because of the thick brush. Sure enough a black car was rolling around the corner. Pulling up to our group the driver lowers the passenger window. An old man driving and an old man behind him. The passenger was an elderly woman with another elderly woman behind her. Everyone in the car was dressed in all black formal clothes. They practically started screaming at us to get away. Literally almost shrieking but it also sounded angry. We tried to apologize for trespassing but then the driver started reaching for something in the glove box. We all ran out of there. Their eyes were so grayish blue it was almost transparent. The hair was whiter than snow. The black tuxedos and dresses were vampiric looking. To this day, I think they were cultists. I'll never know and I'll never forget. Texas Hunter here. Been hunting for a few years so I've seen my fair share of weird shit. Mutilated rabbits killed by coyotes among other things. Bobcat screams are also pretty freaky. But one day while walking on my property through the woods I heard some branches quietly break about 30 yards ahead. Nothing too weird about that as rabbits and coyotes bump into them all the time. It happened again but this time a little closed into my right side. I unholstered my .45 XDS, I like the compact version BC it feels better, ready to shoot a hungry coyote. The day before my neighbor told me how a few women in Little Elm got mauled by some pissed off coyotes a few days earlier. So I was ready to shoot. Anyways, I shined my flashlight through the trees and didn't see anything. Kept walking but a little faster and I heard a high scream with low undertones. Didn't sound like nothing I've ever heard before I swear it sounded like a bobcat fucked Batman. Took off sprinting back to my house a mile or so away. I'm near the woods tree line and look back to see a hunched shadow 40 yards behind starring at me. Like a person trying to walk on all fours. It was dark so it might have been my imagination. Nope the fuck out and got to my house. Never seen it since and didn't sleep for a few nights. At the time I wasn't hunting. I like to go for nighttime walks to clear my head but I never go without my gun. Stay safe, and be careful BC Ike what it was. Was hunting down in Stephenville, Texas during whitetail season. I was up in a tripod overlooking a pasture. Behind me about 50 yards away was a dry riverbed but you couldn't see it because a dense screen of trees grew along both sides of the riverbed, but you could hike to it and there was another spot I would sometimes hunt on the other side. It was getting late but there was still a decent amount of light. I had seen absolutely nothing that day, not even critters. So I'm sitting up in my tripod just watching when all of a sudden from behind me in or around the riverbed I hear the most ungodly shriek slash howl slash roar that made my hair stand on end and I dom well near peed my pants. It continued for about 3 minutes until it suddenly stopped and that's about when I decided to call it a night. 
ran the whole way back to my vehicle. I didn't see it, and I to this day I still wonder what it was. Didn't sound like a bobcat or coyote and Stephenville isn't exactly known for its big cats or any cryptids. Maybe some of you hunters out there have experienced something similar? Thank you.